Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. And they go past the 700 at Centaur, three quarters of a length in front. Vigorous Flow was second, third office gym there, followed by Echo Point, up by Concords on the inside of Benindi. The favourite Fire Kings tracking up in behind them, and there followed by Well Back in the Field on the inside was Love on Sunday with Such a Wit the outside from the Driller, who's Well Back in the Field, and there followed by Vivenzo to the extreme outside. They straighten up in the Country Cups final for 2023. Office gym ran to the league, got the Centaur. He's up by Concord into the clear with Fire King. They come down inside the two. 200. It's Office Jim out by two lengths. Fire King the outside is running on strongly. Office Jim in front. Fire King the outside going home a bit the better. Fire King won the Country Cups final. Beat Office Jim third up by Concord Vivenzo. Close up behind. Yeah, we him. only heard him a couple of moments ago. Michael Maxworthy made it one of his specials. Uh, punters were cheering for the horse. Started full on his favourite there in the Country Cups challenge on the weekend. Of course, we had the couple of country features there that Tony Clements and Rob Luck are going to talk about. And I want to give credit, Tony, to, to Scott Power as well. Like, it's not easy, is it? You know, uh, big fields going up there. You know, he doesn't call it those metro tracks very often. And he nailed both races there on the weekend, I thought. Scott Power, good morning. Good morning to you, Stan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. And you're dead right. I said to Scotty after he called the second race, you sound like you could call Durban every race, every Saturday, every week of the year. He absolutely nailed it. The consummate pro professional did a great job. Uh, yes, he was there last year, so he's had a go at Durban. But at the same time, it's a lot of uh, names that you don't, uh, you're not normally familiar with in your own area of racing, a lot of colours that you may not have seen, and absolutely nailed both the Country Stampede and the Country Cups Challenge finals there on the weekend. And he said to me uh, later on in the evening after we were having dinner at Gallopers that it's a real privilege to be asked to come and call these kind of races. I remember uh, talking with some of these guys when they were first appointed to call things like Battle of the Bush races and Country Cups and things like that. And for them, it's almost like a call up to your national team or being selected for state of origin. Uh, there's not too many higher sort of points that you can go and call in Brisbane uh, if you're a country caller and yes Scott Powell well done on uh, the two calls there on the weekend and congratulations to Adam Sewell, Olivia Cairns and Fire King taking out the Country Cups Challenge as you just heard. We'll have a chat with Olivia shortly and also we're going to be chatting with Corey Gearan after he and Mum Kylie were successful with Kyle Wilson-Taylor with Ma Baby taking out the Four Country Stampede final. Other big news on the weekend win number 50 for Fab's Cowboy finally raising the bat for half ton and we'll talk about that as we roll through the show this morning as always helping us do plenty of talking on country racing is rob luck who's making his way through country queensland heading back to the gold coast g'day rob yeah good morning tony good morning steve good morning listeners a little bit of noise at the moment because i'm i'm pulled up in alpha i got here a little bit early the timelines didn't quite work this morning so i'm here nice and early and uh just waiting uh waiting for Bushbeat to come on and of course all the traffic starts to roll through doesn't it but let me echo those same points you you and steve made about scotty power he just sounded so relaxed so natural so calm and tony we know his style of calling i reckon he just would have plonked himself up there he usually doesn't even use a stand and it's just something that comes so natural to him well done scotty power tremendous calling uh with that yeah. win, uh, wins there on the weekend he did uh, ask me to pass on his thanks to everybody with the well wishes. He tried to get back to as many as he could because his phone was exploding with text messages after the calls uh, and plenty of comment on Facebook and, and various social media. And he asked to pass on his uh, heartfelt thanks to everybody. And uh, it was a, a real thrill to have Scotty as part of the weekend there. And great to see so many of the country folk as it's now becoming a bit of a tradition, Rob, uh, making their way to Brisbane for the Battle of the Bush final mid-year or the Country Cups and Country Stampede finals come the end of the year. 
year. And as you heard in that race replay there, the crowd just goes off uh, when it comes towards the end of the race. Oh, yeah, and that started way back with the first Battle of the Bush. I can still remember Josh Fleming standing down in that enclosure area and he couldn't believe how they lifted the uh, roof of the grandstand off with the cheering and it's just something that the country people particularly just enjoy watching their horses race. And to have this opportunity to uh, race, and particularly in a $200,000 race with cutest money on both, both races as well, it's just a, a, a significant achievement for every horse that competed in it. I mean, uh, the wet track to some extent may have affected some uh, chances of horses, but I, I think the one thing that came through, the, the three place getters, Tony Fire King, Office Jim Art by Concord, they certainly went into the race with the form lines on the board um, to suggest that they would be hard to beat. And, and it was more a case that Fire King was so strong at the end of the race um, over Office Jim and Art by Concord with that thrilling finish. But I tell you, someone who is not, uh, it's not unusual for her to be in the winner's circle when it comes to these finals, and that is Olivia Cairns, as we welcome Olivia this morning and congratulate you, Olivia. Welcome back to Bushbeat and the winner, Fire King. We're just trying to grab her at the moment, but you're right, she's uh, no stranger having done all of this with Mason's Chance before. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me which one, and a Moody Bay um, as well, I'm pretty sure as well, um, when we track Olivia down there. Um, but Fire King, he's Queensland bred, um, worthy cause, of course, out of Clear Mountain View. He's a five-year-old, he's got a great record, but his last four runs, three wins in a second, uh, very impressive at Toowoomba the Saturday prior uh, to, or two weeks ago, to this uh, final. And let's not forget Adam Searle, Tony, this jockey who travels relentlessly throughout Queensland. Uh, had a great year. The uh, win on, uh, I think it was um, the Driller in the Cairns Cup. Mm -hmm. I hope I got that right, Tony. Yes. Have I still got you? Yeah, yeah. No, you're oh, right. Yep, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just having a bit of trouble with the, uh, the noise around here. But Adam Searle, uh, this record he's developed with Fire King, very impressive because... Um, He's, uh, he's been on it particularly uh, in leading up to this final with the uh, win out at Eidsfold. He was on it with the win at Toowoomba and uh, he rode it beautifully and the margin uh, suggested that with uh, length and a half basically over office Jim and Nart by Concord. So uh, good on you, Adam Searle. You, you travel the length and breadth of the state. I know you, you uh, do a lot of the provincial races as well as the country races and so good to see you having a good year and to have such an association for Olivia King with, uh, with Fire King, Tony. Olivia's just busy out of the boat as a trials right now. We might just shuffle our deck chairs and uh, rearrange things a little bit yep. see if we can get a in-between trials. Uh, I'm not sort of hopeful because I'm just having a look, Rob. They've got 16 heats out at Bow Desert this morning, so Olivia would be quite busy with a, a few of the team there. And I guess that's the that's exactly highlights what the uh, life of trainers is like. Uh, one moment, yes, you're riding high, winning big feature races, and, of course, then it's straight back into it and back out and getting the next uh, hopeful. Uh, hopefully you've got the next champion coming through the trials. So we'll move on from the stand, the, uh, the Country Cups Challenge and go on to the uh, the Country Stampede Final. And in our early calculations and discussions last week, we were sort of highlighting the fact that we were working on the field that we had at the time, but that was pre-scratchings and uh, pre the emergencies getting in. Well, we lost a couple in the shape of Spindle and Keen Zap and it allowed Ma Baby to sneak into the field. 
the favourites clear. As I said, Liam Passer, 500. It's I Am Fearless, a length and a half in front of uh, Gossip Talk, who's second there, followed by Dollop into third. Uh, to the outside was Jack Be Lucky and Arwen. Each year sneaking runs up along the inside, unrestricted from a long way back, and then Hallside Hammer. And to the outside was Cochrane. They come down past the 250. It's I Am Fearless, a half length in front. Trying hard as Gossip Talk, Arwen Ichi. Dollop's on the outside, and here's Mar Baby making ground towards the inside. It's I Am Fearless out. Mar Baby's finishing strongly. Got to the lead close to home. And Bar Baby won the stampede. I am Phyllis second, third is Arwenichi, and then Gossip Talk and Dollar. What a peach of a ride by Kyle Wilson Taylor, just uh, weaving his way through like a, a threaded needle uh, going up the inside rail there. They, they scouted a little bit wide on the turn, Rob, and I guess that was the thing, being still a soft seven at that early part of the race meeting. By the time we got to the, the, uh, the Country Cups Challenge final, it was down to a soft six. Um, but I suppose everyone was just a little wary about uh, what the track conditions were going to be like. I am fearless and Awanichi gossip talk filling the top four placings there, but a great ride by Kyle Wilson Taylor, who of course is no stranger to winning some of these country features as well. Successful on up by Concord in the Battle of the Bush earlier in the year. Yeah, you'd certainly be happy to put Kyle on in, in any race, actually, um, when you watch him ride. And uh, barriers cause no problems. Uh, paces of race cause no problems. Uh, whether it's an outsider or not, they all get a great chance. And uh, congratulations to him on another fantastic win. And my baby, Tony, as soon as I saw it, there was that scratching uh, of Keen Zapp and it got in the field, I continued to think, well, this chinchilla form line is going to be pretty strong. And the way it finished off uh, in that particular heat suggested a strong run was... Um, on the cards and then you see uh, guys like Brett Moody on social media making comments about it as being a strong chance in, and you sort of thought, well, the stars could align here for Mar Baby. Queensland bred, Wattlebray bred, he's a Mara Zara, cutest money going off. And we are able to welcome, hopefully this morning to the show, on behalf of Corey and Kylie Guerin. Uh, Corey Guerin's uh, with us this morning. Congratulations, Corey. I, I imagine all week you were just hoping those scratchings might take place for Mar Baby. Yeah, g'day guys. Uh, good to be on. Um, yeah, obviously, second emergency, pretty doubtful, especially in races like this. Um, everybody sort of plans a long time to get them there. and um, We weren't really anticipating to get a start. We were hoping to. Um, but when those couple of scratchings came out and she got in, yeah, we are pretty happy. Um, worked them during the week and uh, obviously... Dad, Gary was riding the other horse and uh, when the barriers came out he was kind of wishing he could jump ship but uh, he couldn't. Yeah, outside gate for Jack B. Lucky. I think he drew 23 in the in the early call and there came into 16 and that might have put pay to his chances. Was there a much between them though in your mind, Corey, uh, when you were going into a barriers aside? Um, well, look, to be quite honest, on, on a given day, I'd probably rate Jackie Lucky as a, a bit of worse than my baby. Um, but she's just continually stepped up uh, from when we first got her to where she is now. Uh, she's just taken each hurdle we've thrown at her. Uh, she's, she's raised the bar every time. And I always thought she, she was going to be a handy little mare. I, I didn't really anticipate her going sort of to this level. Um, but like I said, she's just... Uh, stepped up to everything we've done with her and uh, she's got one of the best attitudes of any mare you could have and nothing worries her and she's just uh, very, very honest. She's, I think she was would have been probably one of the most lightly raced horses. That was only her 17th start there on Saturday and uh, her record is actually very, very good. Yeah, when you consider 17 starts with six wins and eight minor placings and, and I, 
I haven't got all my notes in front of me, Corey, as I'm stopped in Alpha at the moment, but um, she just seemed to have almost the perfect preparation in hindsight because she seemed to have done most of her non-tab qualifications uh, like prior to the Battle of the Bush period. So you were able to only really go through, was it one or two heats? Uh, it was the Chinchilla run that I thought was impressive where she stormed home. I know she was second up on the weekend, which doesn't help my tipping or punting, but it just seemed to be a lovely preparation for her to go into into this race and being by Mara Zara, the wet track wasn't going to prove a problem. Yeah, well, that's um, exactly right. I, I, I had this conversation with um, her owner, Murray Webster, yesterday, and we were talking about it, and uh, we we never really, honestly, we never really set her specifically for this race. It was a little bit of an afterthought. I, I, I just got her back in work, and the time sort of lined up somewhat thereabouts, but um, I said to Murray, well, we'll go to Chinsilla, and we'll give her one crack. She's only going to get the one crack at a qualifier, and and she just happened to run third in that, so we will kind of, you know, we weren't really expecting to get in, but like I said, it wasn't really the, the grand final for her there, but um, we were just really lucky that obviously a few of the qualifiers were not eligible and things like that, and, mm. and the stars aligned and she got in, but she's a much better mare um, early in her prep, and, and she's sort of lightly raced because she's just, she's better like that, uh, she, she's a lot better on the fresh side, and you don't have to race her very much and keep her fresh and like she never even had a jump out before she went to Chinchilla and, and, and that's pretty strange in our stable we jump almost everything out before they have their first starts back but she just went out there basically as a, as a trial hit out fresh and um, then she was sort of second up and she's very very effective second up and like you say the wet was never going to be a problem with her and you compare her to say Jack Be Lucky um, he was always set for the race but we really had to push him to get him there. We had to run him three weekends in a row, which is pretty unconventional for a horse's campaign to sort of back up three times in a row. And, and you know, like, that probably just took the sting out of him a little bit, whereas she had already done all the hard work early in her campaign because we always targeted some cutest races with her. Obviously, she's uh, cutest, but only, she was only cutest in the non-tabs because she was four, so... We did a lot of her racing out there and won a bit of cutest bonuses with her that way. And um, that obviously ticked all the boxes for this day. You said well, she's very effective second up and we're all clever after the event when we go back and have a look at the form and see that she's had four first up runs for a second and two thirds but never one first up. Her second up record four times for two wins and two thirds. If only I'd read that, Rob, before the race. <laughs> yeah, it's always always easy in hindsight. But, Corey, I like the fact you said cutest because there's a, I think it's a $30,000 bonus on top of the um, uh, 61000 first prize money. And uh, great to see she's got that cutest record with her. But you mentioned Murray Webster, the owner. Um, now, I, I'm pretty sure I saw she's waddled by bread being by Mara Zara. Uh, did Murray pick her up at a sale or what was the story there? No, actually, it's a, it's a bit of a funny story, really. Um, we've, we've had her for a fair while, like, sort of since she was quite young. And, and Murray obviously breeds a lot of his own and sells a lot of his own and, and does all that more so now. But um, I think it was a waddle braid dispersal. They were just getting rid of horses. And um, I think Murray picked up three or four just totally untried Mara Zara's, probably, mm-hmm. you know, out of the paddock and they were pretty feral and... I think he picked them up for basically next to nothing and they turned up to our stables and I, I can still remember I looked at them and I looked at him and I thought, oh, mate, what what, what, are, you do, what are we doing this for? <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, so a couple of them, I think we... Two, two, two out of the four turned out to be pretty good. One was her and the other horse was uh, uh, a horse we got called Guts and Glory. So he's won four as well. So they were really, really good pickups. And um, it's a bit of a shame to not have Marasara. He's a, he's a mm. stallion. I think you're very underrated stallion in Queensland. I know he's um, not here anymore, but uh, he produced a lot, of, a lot of quality horses, probably um, Queensland bread style horses. He was yeah, very, very effective. And they, they get better with that little bit of age as well. And you said she's so good early in the uh, in the preparation. Now that she's got this win under the belt, what are the uh, future plans with Mar Baby? Well, that's a good question. I had a look at the handicappers, whacked her with 11 points. So she goes up to a 79 rater now. So that's going to make it a little bit challenging for her. But um, we'll probably just place her around in some opens and things like that. And... Uh, Obviously, aim up at the Battle of the Bush, I'd say, more than likely. Um, later in the year, next year, would be the plan with her. But uh, you might just take a couple more boxes off around around these places in the meantime somewhere. I, I, I said um, uh, to David Fowler on Sunday morning how good um, these races are for horses like this because, you know, th- these sort of horses are never going to get a crack at winning races worth 90000 in the city any other day. and to be able to go down there and pick up that sort of money with these horses for the owners and, and for the trainers and all the connections. Even the breeders get the cutest kickback. And it's, uh, it's a great concept and, and one we really love being a part of. Corey, I wanted to ask you about Vanasta uh, ran towards the tail of the field in the Country Cups Challenge final. Queen V is her KO racing uh, conglomerate of owners uh, affectionately know her as. Uh, it was probably just a, a little bit of a step too far for a horse that's been so good for connections. Yeah, look, she's um, she's been an absolute gem for all of us. So, um, myself and Kobe, we, we owe her a lot. Uh, she's uh, she was one of the first horses we bought and syndicated together, and I think we picked her up online for ten thousand. And she's gone on to win about two hundred and twenty thousand for connections, and um, run second in a lot of feature races, as Kobe will love to tell you. But uh, she's also picked up. You know, a, a lot of um, a lot of prize money, and given the owners a, a lot of big thrills along the way, and uh, she's definitely one of my favourites. As everybody knows in the stable, she gets pretty preferential treatment. But uh, yeah, I think um, more than likely she'll uh, she'll be retired and off to stud now because she's obviously um, she was a victim of the barrier there on Saturday as well, made it pretty hard for her. But uh, there's not uh, too much more she's got left to prove and. We can't really do too much more with her down these parts. And I think her days are probably going to the non-tabs are, are behind her now. So um, being an I'm Invincible $200,000 winner, she's uh, she's got a nice future um, breeding foals. Yeah, she's been wonderful um, to the connections. But it's also so pleasing, Corey, to see these newcomers, if you want to call them that, Mar Baby coming through the ranks that win number six to take out the country stampede. The concept just continues to grow. I think it's getting harder and harder to get that right horse um, to uh, to come through and win it. I mean, you've got grand old campaigners like Arwanichi. I think it might have been his sixth final that he was lining up in. You've got to be of that quality. But it's so good that the concept keeps growing and the standard of the horse coming through seems to be getting better all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, like the, the prize money's good and uh, it gives a lot of connections, especially people who don't get to the city all that often, a good chance to, to race for good money and, and be down in these parts and and do that sort of stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, no, it's definitely getting harder. That's why it's a bit of a thrill to win with a horse like Mar Baby, who's obviously a, a little cheapy Queensland buy, because there's a lot of um, a lot of people spending a lot of money on tried horses now, and and you know ourselves included, and it, it certainly ups the quality of these races a lot. Like um, we, we've got a few there that probably um, I really would have liked to gain a start in the country cups with horses like Torbreck and and Sammy. Yeah, um, probably you know, I think. 12 months down the track, they'll be horses yet. Hopefully, we'll be seeing line up in races like this, and um, hopefully, they've got a future in, in it as well. You mentioned Kobe O'Brien there and KO Racing, who are just about to take the next step, it seems, with bringing Kirk Cob- uh, Coburn on board. Uh, Kobe did learn one thing on Saturday that espresso martinis and white denim pants don't really match, uh, and uh, f- found that out the hard way uh, later in the evening. But I'm telling Tars out of school. Uh, but things have gone really, really well with that association with the Gear and Stable and KO Racing, uh, to the point of even taking you all the way to Ramwick. Yeah, no, we've certainly come a long way. I guess in a, in a relatively short amount of time and, and credit to Kobe and everything he does, he, he puts a lot of work in behind the scenes and and um, sort of early days we used to work together on a lot of these horses but now I've sort of I'm in a position now where Kobe manages all that side of things and and Kurt, uh, Kurt Cockburn comes in now uh, in partnership with KO and uh, yeah they're going to do some good things and um, I think uh, Kobe and Kurt are down in Sydney at the moment doing something I'm the, I don't even know but uh, <laughs> um, yeah no there's plenty of uh, plenty of big things in the works and like we've just got a really quality bunch of horses at the moment and horses like Nick Spur and uh, Without Revenge who run second in the tail stakes on Saturday uh, the horse we took to Sydney as well so like they, they're just going to be the future of the stable so we're really trying to build the, the diversity of um, sort of offering horses to people at the top level, um, we can go and race in stakes races. Uh, we can also sort of offer people opportunities in horses like um, the Nasta and things like that where you, you target them at these sort of races as well. So that's definitely the plan going forward. Yeah, you've covered all bases, and I'm, I know we're going to be seeing uh, Corey and Kylie Gearin um, back next week with these finals. Um, congratulations to you again, uh, to the whole stable, and, of course, Kyle Wilson table, uh, Taylor for that great running ride. And uh, let's not forget Dream Seeker winning the last at Gundawindi too, Corey. You were far and wide over the weekend. Congratulations uh, once again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Pleasure. Good to have you on the show this morning. Uh, Cora Gearin there, the uh, co-trainer of Mar Baby, taking out the Forex Country Stampede final. Rob, you mentioned Gundawindi there, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But I guess the other race meetings on the weekend of Mount Isa, Gundawindi and Thangul were all overshadowed by this landmark event, which happened at Mount Isa in race four. They come for home. They have their shot at it. Out wide, it looks this all with uh, Rebel Salute. He's coming wide. He's in front. Special, there's Louis the Legend and Fabs Cowboy. But out in front, it looks this way. It's number two, Rebel Salute. Now Fabs Cowboy. Fabs Cowboy's got two on the inside. And Fabs Cowboy gets there. Beats Basha. And then came Rebel Salute. It was only a length and a quarter. It was only a, uh, a 1,200 metre handicap on a uh, Saturday in Mount Isa, but it will go down as one of the most memorable races in a fabulous career that is still ongoing. Uh, 147 starts, and now that magic number 50 win comes up, Rob, along with the uh, the 43 minor placings. Oh, haven't we all been waiting for win number 50 after 419 days uh, since the last 
win. And as you said, Tony, I think the weekend, it was so fitting that the Country Cups and the Country Stampede final was on the day that Fab's Cowboy uh, got to win number 50. And I reckon there's probably, uh, apart from Billy Johnson and Mel Johnson and Dakota Graham and all the team uh, have done a marvellous job with this horse. I, I think there's a couple of owners that uh, have been sitting there waiting for win number 50. And we uh, welcome back Paul Curran. Uh, to Bushbeat this morning. I know it was 419 days, Paul, but I reckon you were pretty excited with that win at Mount Isa. Yeah, no, yeah, we have been. We sit back waiting. There's been a few. We thought he'd get there and kept running some of these other flash horses, but yeah, he finally did pretty well in the end too. Yeah, congratulations. Um, look, it's, it's so good to see him get this win, and I know there's a record uh, chase that's uh, taking place uh, that you'll outline to us in a moment. But going into the Mount Isa run on the weekend, he really overshadowed the doubles that Amanda Thompson and Sean Roy's uh, had when they had uh, Greenheart get the win, and uh, they also had uh, revved up ready. But then along came Fabs. And he was out the back a little bit with Shane Nielsen, who had the claim of three kilos. I think that was win number 11 for Shay, for Shay and congratulations to her getting the win. Uh, I, I gather reading social media, there was a very clear plan on how you wanted it uh, written, how Billy wanted Shay to uh, ride Fab's cowboy, and he did the rest. Yeah, pretty much it was, yeah, do as little as possible, stay on top of him, because Sort of, yeah, he's a big, arrogant sort of horse. He likes to do a lot of his own stuff, and he generally runs better when he gets to make most of the calls, which, yeah, to her credit, she didn't get carried away trying, you know, she would have been itching to try and pull the whip on him up the straight to get him going, but that generally doesn't work for him. He sort of, yeah, resents the whip and slows down sometimes. He's got a marvellous record for first-time um, winning apprentices in particular, hasn't he, Paul? Yeah, I think uh, it's four or five apprentice had their first win on him yeah yeah, which is, yeah the same way they they just basically have to sit on him and let him tell them what to, what's going on yeah they got to sort of well they got to look ahead and help direct him a little bit and you know just go with him really don't try and know, don't try and tell him what to do because well he's got a bit more experience than most people have now and and I think it's credit as well to, to you and Liz and to, to Billy and Mel because there's been something like, I think, 16 or 17 different apprentices have won on him. Obviously, yes, you've taken the, the claim sometimes it's up to as much as 4kg, but you're putting a lot of faith in some of these youngsters who have an absolute thrill and a big thing up on their CV to say they've won on Fab's Cowboy. Yeah, it's been, and it's actually helped. Well, a couple of them are going really well now too. Um, Angela Jones, she's going really well. Aidan Thompson, he had a really good start on him. He's going really well now. You know, a lot of them they get a lot of you know they get a lot of confidence when they get to ride him early on too because he sort of shows them the ropes a bit early as well. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a, a wonderful horse and longevity has uh, been a feature of his career. This Greenwood Lake, 147 starts, 50 wins, 31 seconds, 12 thirds. But this record um, that's sitting there, there's an interesting little twist with this because there was a dead heat involved for you. Just outline to the listeners. Uh, what the record is and uh, where you stand in relation to it. Well, from what I've read, the record is since racing became professional. I don't know whether that means when they came in with the ratings or what it is. It's for about the last 40 years or something when it became professional because actually I saw somewhere the most winningest horse in Australia was about 114 or 15 wins. Mm. So that was back in the early 1900s where they could race four times a week and three times a day and stuff like that. So the record as we find it just on that racing net is 51 and but because he had a dead heat so he's really only 
rated at, he was allowed 50 wins. The 51 wins of the other horse of Walt Cool would be rated higher than him. Walt Cool was so, racing in Queensland between, I was reading, 1988 and 1995. Um, but as you say, you might be on, on the official records, and I guess that's the thing, you know, keeping the, the post-war records uh, makes it all legit. Um, it's almost like 49 and a half, so he's got to really get a couple more up his sleeve before you can actually say we are the winningest horse in Australia. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, it's not really about that. That's just a really cool thing to have afterwards if it happens. But, yeah, he does have to win two more. He's got enough seconds and that would have got him there but yeah just the dead heat is his problem so yeah um but i noticed with the social media sorry i noticed with the social media the uh taroom uh club has put out uh storm breaker as a horse that raced through to 1987 he's had 54 wins with 22 seconds and 37 thirds it's just this modern part of racing that they talk about but I've always known it's been walk cool at the one you're chasing down, but it was just interesting to note that Storm Breakers suddenly making appearance on the social media rounds with these 54 wins. So hopefully there's no controversy when you get these next couple of wins, Paul. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt there'll be some, but I don't. I, I'm only going off what's on that thing. So whether that yep. might be picnic races and stuff in there as well, I don't. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there might yeah, be a yeah. certain amount might be amateur races or something like that that aren't included in the, in the other record. But as you said, uh, the record's not just about to, to hang on the, the mantelpiece, but at the same time, it's not all about that. No, well, just the 50's pretty cool to start with. There's only, well, that we know of in that thing, there's only been the one who's yeah. done it. And the third most winningest horse, I think, was 41 wins. So, mm. sort of, you know, a bit in new territory. Now... You're no stranger to the sporting background, of course. I think you were swimming coming, um, this morning. Um, getting 50 runs in cricket was pretty exciting. Uh, this would have rated a little bit higher, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> made a couple of them. Few we know your record with yeah, cricket, no, I put mate. it above most of them. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> we know your record in the Central West with, uh, with cricket. Um, are you still playing, by the way, these days? Yeah, no. Yeah, what is it? You don't, you don't get old. You don't quit playing because you get old. You get old because you quit playing. They tell me so. <laughs> yeah, I've worked by that. You're never too old. You're just too lazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I'll keep going. One day I'll have to stop, so I'll keep doing it while I can. Oh, great to hear. Um, we know that Fab's career finishes when he turns 13, but what are the plans now with win number 50 out of the way? Is that that confidence win that just makes him shoot forward? Where do you hope to go with him now? Actually, I was just talking to Mel before and didn't get around to that part, but I don't actually know where they're going. Maybe to room, I'm not sure. Wouldn't have a clue, but yeah. Well, the confidence up a little bit now because Shay rode him sort of a dream, so we can keep her on. It does seem to get on a roll with jockeys too. If he gets a jockey mm-hmm. he likes, then he can string a couple together. So. Yeah, and they've done such and a just, trem- tremendous job with him. Is there something about Fabs we don't know about? I mean, he's so well uh, recorded in, in uh, writing in social media. Is there something about Fabs that you can tell the listeners that we probably don't even realise about this grand performer? Oh, most of us come out because, well, there was a fairly big lead-up to the 50th. They got sick of, we had about six or seven different interviews before he finally got to his 50 and then they stopped him. <laughs> we put most of the things. I did read one the other day that I didn't know was when Billy took him in to Bevan took him to Rocky one day. He told the jockey he didn't make this horse any good, which hindsight. But his mum always there. Yeah, the other one most people would have heard about when I let him in. He was poor as a crow. Like you know, the drought we had a few issues. But when I took him in there, Billy was like, "What am I doing with this horse?" And his mum was like, "That horse is going to make you stable," which was a pretty big call at the time. 
I love the story that Billy told in one of the interviews about when you put a saddle on him, Fabs will stretch his legs out and bow down. And if you turn up at the races with him and he doesn't do that, you know his mind isn't on the job and he probably won't run that well that day. Yeah, no, it's actually quite incredible. He actually does like a real professional stretch, gets right out and gets quite low to the ground his chest too. It's, I see on one of the interviews going around now, one of the internet things, they actually got video of him doing it. It's quite amusing to watch, really. Hmm. Oh, probably after 147 starts and Billy stretching those legs out, as the trainers tend to do, he's uh, just uh, replicating what he knows best, I think, Paul, but it's it certainly worked and... Uh, that prediction now, uh, he is famous, he's our bush champ and uh, so relieved for you guys uh, that you've got win number 50 and we look forward to this, uh, well these next six months I suppose you've got left is it roughly to track down uh, the next two wins. Yeah it'll just be fun trying to place him going around the places and oh, everyone likes watching him at the races now too like a few trainers don't obviously but even if they're going to get beat by someone I think they're happy enough if it's just him. Oh yeah. And, and when he retires, I think I did read just quickly that uh, Billy is very keen to get him to Living Legends. Yeah, well, you know, it would be nice. There's that much interest. Like, I know Mel was just doing an interview with, I think, TAB Victoria or something. Mm -hmm. There's interest all over. Anyone who's got anything to do with racing in Australia sort of knows who Fab's Cowboy is now. And, and it all yeah. starts in the bush. Well, he's the, well, I did see somewhere they said he won provincially. He never won a provincial race. The way yeah, that's he's been carrying is quite incredible considering he's up against horses that have won metropolitan provincial races and he's never won even provincially. Yeah, it's an interesting thing with his record, isn't it? His, his preference, I suppose, for sand and dirt. But he has one on the grass, obviously. But I said at the uh, the outset, so fitting that on the Stampede Day and the Country Cups Day, he rings up win number 50 because he's been there and uh, competed. And he certainly has that uh, reputation as uh, as our bush champ, and uh, no one's ever going to forget Fab Scowboy. Uh, Paul, yeah. great to have oh, you on again this morning. Up. I did have a look for you, Rob, but I got sick. Oh yes, the number of miles. I was, I was up to seventy four thousand k's, and he that well, he's up to about seventy thousand k's before when he was in miles before he moved to. So. <laughs> so, and every region he's raced in, except a win, he's won in every one of them bar the far north, I think. Yeah, yeah, that is that would be an awesome one to tick off before. It wouldn't be many horses to one in every region in the state. Yeah, just a phenomenal record, and it keeps on going on, and we'll get plenty of uh, pleasure out of him before you call it a day. Paul, congratulations again to you and Liz and to the Johnsons, and great to have you on the show this week. Well, thank you, Paul Curran, there, part owner of Fab's Cowboy, and as we said, Rob, that almost overshadowed uh, everything else on the weekend. The, the cheer that went up when the word got out at Durban, uh, besides the cheers, obviously for Mar Baby and for uh, Fire King, but when word got around that Fab's had brought up win number fifty, it was just about as big a cheer, and yeah, certainly overshadowed the double for Sean Royce and Amanda Thompson. Amanda Iser on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, the boy from the bush, Josh Fleming, I do, I'm pretty sure I heard him uh, give a congratulatory call out as he does uh, with his knowledge of the uh, country racing. Good on you, Josh. He was well and truly aware of it. And yeah, we mentioned Corey and Kylie Gearin at uh, Gundawindi just to wrap those meetings up as we're running a bit short of time, but uh, they had that strong win with uh, Dream Seeker. Um, uh, the Rubik Mayor and Michael McDonald on board. Amanda, Alicia Donald, my apologies. Alicia Donald for Jason Livingston rode torrential to a good win in the cutest maiden, but uh, Alicia's developing a record, Tony, with the last win at Toowoomba, and uh, she went in again on Saturday night with that win. 
uh, well done, Alicia. You're riding extremely well. And Corey Sutherland uh, got a win with Mark Curry on Dr. TK and Valar Dehiris. An interesting note with this meeting, too, was the form coming out of the uh, Roma meeting because Rowdash placed in the first, Cryptus in the second. Valar Dehiris uh, had been in the money with its last three and was third at Toowoomba. Dream Seeker ran third uh, at Roma, I should say, and Dream Seeker ran third at Roma. And uh, the other winner was um, Await the Storm. Savannah McCann, Lindsay Hatch coming off a Toowoomba second at its last win. But you get those results where the uh, gear and team get the win in Brisbane. Well, they also got the win in the country uh, with Dream Seeker. And uh, a young jockey who was riding very well all through the season and uh, at Roma as well, Nikki Olzard. She had the double out at Thangool. Uh, where she kicked home for Dale White's Star Sonic, the Zoo Star, three from three at the track. And as well, uh, she won for Dane McKinnon on uh, Robostity. This is the first winner trained by Dane, and um, it brought back a bit of a memory for me, Tony, because uh, the McKinnon boys were good tennis players. Um, I think it's Rhett and and Ben. I'm not sure of the names of the other two, but my son Michael, when he was doing junior tennis, uh, met up with the family and was looked after and played doubles. And I did find out by Tony McMahon that Dane McKinnon uh, was the McKinnon I was thinking of. He said he wasn't as good as his older brothers, but mm-hmm. from what Tony said, he's doing a good job with the horses and, in fact, uh, did a good job breaking in Tony's purchase at the March uh, sale. So good on you, Dane. Your um, f- first winner there, uh, Robosity. Uh, the cluster four-year-old mare taking the cutest maiden plate, unfortunately not cutest uh, money. Morgan Butler and Bob Murray combined with No Better Affair. Crystal Johnson and Gemma Hogg. Uh, I think that's probably about win number three for Gemma on Craigley Etna. And, uh, of course, the home track for Damien Rideout, the winner Native B with the uh, with Liv Kendall back in the saddle doing a great job. Um, it's had uh, three wins and five minor placings from 12 on the track Native B. So, yeah, on a weekend where we featured that run down to the Country Cups and the Stampede, Fab's Cowboy writes his name into the first part of his historical record. And uh, let's hope now that he can go that next step before he has to retire with the age uh, bracket or the age factor and can uh, knock off that next record. Tony, congratulations to all the participants on the weekend, and particularly those in Brisbane. I know they had a great time, but uh, for all those that uh, were down there and to our winners, unfortunately, we couldn't get Olivia this morning, um, but uh, it was certainly a no-mean feat with that being, I'm pretty sure, her third feature win in these series, Tony. Yeah, she's done a great job there and busy with the Bodessa trials this morning, but I'm sure that Steve will get the chance to catch up with her through the week. Uh, just a quick mention before I check the calendar for the week ahead, uh, snuck under the radar that the uh, Sejuna meeting, the non-TAB program in South Australia on Saturday, was the first leg of the Bill Holland series and give peace a chance for Murray Henderson and Des Courtney. Took out the Levenard Cup, beating Valaro, Chon Cape and Augusta Rock. The Bill Holland series has a break now until uh, going back for the Sejuna Cup on the 28th of January. Then it's the Lock Cup in February. Uh, then the last four races are in March next year. Port Lincoln Cup, the Penong Cup, Kimber Cup, and it wraps up with the Streaky Bay Cup. And next week, Rob, uh, on Sunday, in fact, at Bordertown, the Bordertown Cup is the first leg of the Limestone Coast Cup Series, which then breaks until January before coming back for the Kunawara Cup at Panola and the Mount Gambier Summer Cup. In February, it's the Narracourt Cup. March, it's the Mount Gambier Cup. In April, the Panola Cup and the Millicent Cup at Mount Gambier in May. So we'll keep a bit of a watch on those as 
we roll through those couple of series in South Australia as well. Calendar for the week ahead. Tab meetings at Cairns on Thursday, Toowoomba and Rockhampton on Saturday and a call out as well to Consul and the team at Kilcoy Tuesday of next week, the 12th of December. Non-tabs this weekend. Uh, Saturday, Christmas meetings to be held at Atherton, Bundaberg, Home Hill and Roma. It's Jeff Hannaford Texas Cup Day on Saturday and of course Emerald are racing on Sunday with that replacement meeting from a couple of weeks ago when they were abandoned on the 25th of November. Yeah, and the Central West uh, racing has concluded for the year with the abandonment of uh, Barcaldon and the wet weather, but congratulations to Timmy Brummel taking out the Central West Bar- uh, Barkers News Agency Jockey Premiership for the, uh, for the year, Tony. Uh, great to see Timmy get that uh, award over Robbie Farr and uh, Matty Gray. Um, but all those, uh, we quietened down a little bit, but still plenty to report on next week. Um, I'll continue on and hopefully get back to the Gold Coast via Bundaberg uh, over the next couple of days, Tony, and we'll be back next week to report on Bushbeak. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Safe travels and uh, hope you have an enjoyable trip home. Thank you to Corey Guerin and Paul Curran for joining us on the show this week. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, get Olivia because of the uh, Bow Desert Trials this morning, but as we said, that's what happens when you're a busy racehorse trainer. But well done to everyone involved with the uh, the Country Stampede and the Country Cups Challenge Finals on the weekend. Big call just to be able to get there and be a part of it all. So well done to all of the participants. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this weekend and we'll be back next Tuesday to report on that and a whole heap more on Bushbeat.